All right, Brother Martin, why don't you come up? We have, every year we have Brother Dan Martin. He does a revival for us in February, I believe. And this is his son. He's also an evangelist and just so happens he was in our area for this morning. And so we're going to have him preach for us. He preached for us actually in our, our Filipino class. It was tremendous. And so we're going to have him this morning. He was with us last year. And so let's give him a warm Pacific Baptist welcome, if we may. All right, good morning. That, that was actually worse than Sunday school. Uh, we're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, it is good to be with you all this morning, and I do bring greetings from Michigan and uh, that cold state up there, and uh, my parents said to tell you all hello. I know they're looking forward and already praying about the meetings coming up in February, and uh, they're looking forward to that time coming out and being with you all. We're going to go ahead and jump right on in this morning. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn a lot in Scripture. And uh, just, just uh, if I don't feel offended, if I start reading a little bit before you get there. But Hebrews chapter 11 is where we're going to be first. And then 2 Corinthians and then Romans and Mark and Matthew and John. And that's not a joke, but that's all right. Um, it is good to be here with you this morning. Thank you, Pastor Myers, for having me. And uh, it's always good to be at a church where you feel like you're at home. And uh, that you don't know how much that means for someone who travels um, to be someplace where you feel like you're at home. It makes it uh, so much easier. And uh, so thank you so much for that. But uh, look here in Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 1, it says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, over in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 7, it says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Romans chapter 10, turn over there, Romans chapter 10. Look here in verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I just want to talk just a little bit this morning on the simple thought of how great is your faith? How great is your faith? faith. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, the privilege to stand behind a sacred uh, pulpit like this, Lord, and thank you, Lord, for Pastor Myers and all the staff here, Lord, and how they've stood through uh, trials and testing, Lord, and they're still standing strong for you, Lord. I pray that you'd continue to bless this church. God, I pray that you'd bless your word. God, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts this morning. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory for it. For it's in Christ my pray. Amen. How great is your faith? Turn over to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. I want to just read a couple stories. Um, faith is so important, right? As a Christian, it's important to have faith, right? It's important to trust and totally uh, j just yield yourself to the Lord. Trust that he is in control, that he's going to uh, uh, see fit and, and, and that he's going to work as he, see fit, as he sees fit. Uh, here's a couple quotes on faith. Helen Keller said, faith is a strength by which a shattered world shall emerge into light. Faith makes things possible, not easy. Faith can move mountains, but don't be surprised if God hands you a shovel. You see, faith is important as a Christian. And sometimes it is God handing us a shovel. But God doesn't make mistakes. 
Faith is not about everything turning out okay. Faith is about being okay no matter how things turn out. Charles Spurgeon said, Oh, brethren, be great believers. Little faith will bring your souls to heaven. But great faith will bring heaven to you. Eleanor Roosevelt said, If you lose faith, you lose all. Corey ten Boom said, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. A.W. Tozer said, Any faith that must be supported by the evidence of the senses is not real faith. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, All I have seen teaches me to trust the Creator for all I have not seen. Faith, friend, this morning is so important. I just want to look at a couple passages of Scripture here. Some stories uh, growing up. Just be a kid for a little bit here. Uh, these are some of my favorite stories. And, um, but look here in Mark chapter 2, verse 1. It says, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much room as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when, he had bro- when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be Forgiven thee. Now, this is a great story of faith, in my opinion, preacher. I remember growing up as a little kid. I mean, can you even imagine? Just put yourself in the story. Uh, here you see this. Uh, obviously, whenever Jesus was anywhere uh, and it was known to people, there was a crowd, there was a gathering. Uh, I picture this little area uh, and, and Capernaum, and, 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 and I mean, just the people are filed out into the streets around this house. And here come four friends. Thank God for godly friends. Amen. And they're There came four friends that cared so much about this man that was sick with with the sick of the palsy. And let me tell you, he came to Jesus. And can you imagine, like I said in one of those statements, uh, sometimes God gives us a shovel. Sometimes it's not easy. Uh, It's not easy most times. But it is easy if you're relying on God, amen? Because he gives you the faith. He gives you what you need to survive, And to make the right decisions. And these four people bring this man to Jesus. And I'm so thankful, preacher, that they didn't have the kind of faith that Tim Martin has sometimes. You see, because sometimes my faith isn't where it ought to be. But yet these four men, they come. They see the crowd gathered out around the house. And they look and they say, surely they had to think, well, we tried our best, right? We did everything we could to get him to Jesus, but no, friend, that's not where they stopped. This is faith. This is real faith. Faith goes beyond. Faith goes the distance. Faith goes through the fighting and through the testing and through the trials, and it comes out victorious in the end. Those four men, as they looked at that place and that building there, they decided, you know what, there's one way we can get to Jesus, and that's to go up on top of the roof and tear apart the roof. Now realize that was not their house. That was not their building. If someone was to get up on my roof and start tearing apart my roof, I'd be pretty upset. But once again, faith. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is what drives. Faith is what gives that hope. We've got to 
have the right kind of faith. Those four men get them to where Jesus is. They tear apart the roof. They lower that man down before Jesus. And Jesus looks at that man laying there in front of them. And he saw their faith. He saw the friend's faith. And he said, you're healed. What a story. What an incredible story. But you know what? I don't see anywhere in Scripture in this story where it talks of great faith. There are two occurrences in Scripture where it talks of great faith. Jesus uses the word great faith. And that's what I want to focus on today. Uh, Another story, uh, Matthew chapter 9. Turn over to Matthew chapter 9. And once again, this is just kind of opening up the story. The message will go uh, quickly. But Matthew chapter 9, look here in verse... um, Let's see here. Look here in verse 20. It says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood... Twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Once again, another awesome story. Here's this lady. Uh, This lady wasn't even supposed to be in the multitudes, right? She wasn't allowed to be there. Uh, That was punishable. You weren't allowed to just, just do whatever you wanted to. If you were sick with some kind of sickness like that, you weren't allowed to be where people were, right? But let me tell you, faith is so important. And let me tell you, the faith of that lady that day, let me tell you, if it wasn't for her faith, she wouldn't be healed today. But back then, she decided, I don't care what it's going to take. I don't care what may become of me. All I know is if I can get a piece of him, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. And I picture this story as a kid. I remember uh, just picturing as this lady, I don't know, an issue of blood. I would think it'd be painful. Uh, I would think that it just consumes your, uh, your body, uh, your mind, everything. It just hurts. And let me tell you, I picture as she's getting through the crowd, and maybe she's kind of huddled over so no one notices who she is, and she's just trying to get to Jesus. But the Bible clearly says, but she said within herself, if I may just touch his garment. That's the faith we're talking about, friend. See, sometimes I think everybody, they want everything. But let me tell you, when it comes to Jesus, just a piece of his garment, just a little touch of God, and this world is a whole new place, right? This lady, as she gets to where Jesus is, maybe Jesus is walking by and and he's going on to uh, go and perform more miracles and she just fights within herself and she says, I just got to get the garment and she reaches out, she lunges out and she just touches the garment and immediately she was made whole. Now she didn't expect that, right? She didn't expect that. But she knew it was going to be because it was Jesus. And Jesus stopped. She didn't want to bother him. She didn't want to disturb him. She just wanted to touch his garment. But the power that came out of Christ that day caused him to stop and acknowledge this lady. And 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 that lady was healed that day because of her faith. Can I just say this morning, once again, it is so important that we have faith. We won't turn there for time's sake, but John chapter 6 is the reading of the feeding of the 5,000. Can you imagine uh, if, that, if that five, let's just ask, uh, if that boy would have brought that lunch and would have given Jesus one fish and one loaf, could Jesus still perform the miracle? Absolutely. But I think there's some importance 
to the passage that he gave everything he had. And can I just say this morning, if you just give everything you have to Christ, if you just give everything that you have to him, he's going to take that and he's going to move mountains and he's going to work in ways you never thought or dreamed were possible. It's faith. There's two stories in Scripture. These Scriptures are great passages, right? Miracles. But it doesn't talk of great faith. And I'm a simple preacher. I don't believe that Jesus puts a word in there just to put a word in there. I believe that there's meaning to it. And I want to look at two passages of Scripture this morning. And hopefully encourage us to have great Faith. Turn over to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. We're going to read through more scripture. Sorry about all the scripture. But you can't go wrong reading scripture. You don't want to give Tim Martinology. You want the Bible. Amen. Luke chapter 7. Look here in verse 1. It says, After these things, Jesus walked, uh, walked into Galilee, for he would not... I'm sorry, I'm in John... See, look at that. I I get talking, and I even miss my spot. You guys have the right Bible, I hope. Uh, King James Version, amen. Luke chapter 7, look here in verse 1. It says, Now when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant, who was dear unto him, was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him, that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying... Now let me just stop right there. The, the centurion didn't tell them to say this, okay? I think at this point in time, the elders were trying to make it sound good. But you got to look at the heart of the person, the individual. He didn't tell them to go and say everything I've done for... He didn't say any of that. He just said, go and get Jesus. But it says, and when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at Now, I don't know what that'd be like, preacher. But I think that'd be a pretty cool thing. Jesus, God's precious son, marveled at this man's story. Here's a story. Jesus is on his way to to, to heal this servant. and, and, And he sends him and he says, look, just go and tell him I need him. But then yet when Jesus comes and he gets closer, he comes out and he says, no, 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 I'm not worthy for you to even come into my house. I'm not even worthy to come into your presence. Just speaking a word, that's all he needed. 
And then finishing up the verse here, it says, And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. The first time that I'm finding it uh, there is, or this is the first occurrence that I, that I chose to use as the first one here. But what a story. I want you to notice some things about the gentleman. I want you to know some things about the centurion. The one who sent the people to Jesus to say, hey, would you please come and heal my servant, right? You see, there's some things to the Christian life. We, we live in a day and age that's actually really scary because we want everything and whatever you want, as long as you have the money, you can have it within 24 hours. I mean, you can buy stuff on Amazon and it's there the next morning. I've had stuff be delivered that evening. The day I ordered. Let me tell you, friend, that's a scary day and age in which we live in. I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful for all that. But let me tell you, that is not how God works. God is faithful to those who are faithful to him. And let me tell you, we live in a day and age where we don't live a life of faith. We don't live lives of faith. We read these stories, preacher, and we think, wow, what a God. Guess what? That same God is the God I serve today. That same God is the God that's preached about from this pulpit every week. Let me tell you, that same God is still in the miracle working business. Let me just say, that same God is still working in mysterious ways. We need to have faith in God. We need to have faith in God. But notice a couple things about this gentleman. Number one, he knew his worth. You see, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of his goodness. I'm not worthy of his love. You're not worthy of his time. You're not worthy of the goodness of God. But let me tell you, friend, he thought enough of you to go to the cross, to spread those arms out wide, to cross those feet, to go through the scourging, to go through the, the, just the, the, the acknowledgement of sin that wasn't even his, but he took all of our sin, he took all the weight of our sin, and he put it on his shoulders as he walked up that road, up to that hill, and as they dropped him into the ground, and as his body completely uh, came apart in different areas, dislocated, let me tell you, friend, Tim Martin was on his mind. Let me tell you, friend, you fill in your name, you were on his mind. Let me tell you, Pastor Myers, you were on his mind and he said he's worth saving but listen it's nothing I've done this gentleman he comes you, we read it he said I'm not worthy I'm not worthy of your goodness I'm not worthy of your time I'm not worthy of anything in this life but Lord just say in a word which leads me to my second point he believed his word. You know, if we could pull back the curtains of our heart tonight, I wonder how many of us truly believe his word. How many of us truly acknowledge his word? 
You see, why was it great faith? Why was it different? I'm telling you, I believe it's because of this. He knew his worth. We're not worthy of his goodness. We're not worthy of his grace. We're not worthy of anything good. All we're worthy of is death and hell. But God saw fit to save us. God saw fit to take the weight of the world and to hang on that cross He knew his worth. He was not worthy. Number two, he believed his word. He believed his faith was so strong, he just said, if you'll just say a word, it'll be done. What faith? What faith? Which leads me to the third part. He saw his work. You see, he came back to the house to find his servant healed. He believed his word. And because he believed his word, he got to see him work. Now, if we were honest this morning, how many of us would raise our hands and say, Brother Martin, I'm going through a valley. I'm going through a hardship. You don't have to raise your hand. But if If we all did and we acknowledge who's going through a hardship, who's going through a valley, who's going through a hardship right now, let me tell you, you can follow these three steps right here. Know your worth. When's the last time you've come before God and you've said, oh God, thank you for who you are. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, God, for caring about me. Thank you, God, for sending your son to die on the cross. Thank you, God, for your many blessings. Thank you, God, and on and on the list goes. You see, when you know your worth, your approach is different. He came to him and he said, I'm not worthy of your goodness, God. I'm not worthy of it. But just saying the word, I believe your word. Then let me tell you, and I got to see you work. Let me tell you, God's looking for some people that are going to take a stand in these hard times. God's looking for some people that are just going to bulldoze through that, that hardship, bulldoze through that trial. Because on the other side of that, let me tell you, he has great plans. He has great ambitions for you that you can't even, I couldn't even tell you. The greatest orator couldn't even explain to you, describe to you what God has in store for his children. If his children will put him first and if his children will have faith in him. He got to see his work. Man, what an awesome thing. Listen, there's been things that my family's prayed about before in the past. Let me tell you, there's nothing like it, preacher. When my kids, 12, 9, 5, and 1, when they get to hear that God answered prayer. Why? Because they just got to see God work. God just became real. You may be the only Bible anybody will ever read. The question would be, what do they see in you? Turn over to one more passage and we'll be done. Matthew, Matthew chapter 15. Look here in verse 21, it says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. 
But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Let's stop right here. You're going to find similarities in this story to the one we just read. But let me just say here. Here's this lady. She comes. She came from a whole nother coast. She, she comes from another area of the country. She came to Jesus because she had a daughter who was grievously vexed with the devil. She knew that he was the only hope. I picture this story. I see her as she's coming to the, uh, there to the, in, in the story as she's coming to where Jesus is. It says that, uh, that, uh, she came and she cried unto him saying, have mercy on me. I, I, I picture her just crying out to the Lord, have mercy on me. Oh, Lord, thou son of David. You see, she had the right approach. She had the right, she was going about it the right way. She came to him and she said, have mercy on me. Let me tell you, we need the mercy of God more now than ever before. But she continues on. Can you imagine as Jesus doesn't even answer her? After hearing of all the things Jesus had done, he doesn't say a word. You see, most of us, because we're so soft-skinned, we would, we would turn around and go the other way. Because we didn't hear from him right away. The disciples even come and say, Lord, send her away, she's crying after us. Then he answers, and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He doesn't answer. Now he answers, I'm not sent for you. Now, if you made it through that first no answer, you definitely would have tucked and run now, right? Because now he said, I'm not sent for you. Goes on reading. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, help me. I'm running out of time. Let me just give you a picture here. Have mercy on me, O Lord. She's having to proclaim, which means she was going towards him. She's walking towards Jesus. I get chills, like, even, like, picturing this story. She cries out for him. He's not answering. She's still walking to where he is. Then he turns and he says, I'm not sent for you. I'm sent for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then she worshipped. She had to be close enough to worship him. You see, so when things didn't go just as she planned in the beginning, she got closer to him. She got closer to him. She took another step forward, even though it was painful. I picture her as she gets down, preacher. She gets down on her knees, and she bows, and she worships him. And then she goes on to say in the next verse, okay? She goes on to say in the next verse. Let me get up here so I make sure I don't mess up the words here. But he answered her and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. I picture this lady distraught. She's now on her hands and knees before God. She's worshiping him. She's putting herself as low as she possibly can at that point in time. And yet God comes along and God says, no, it's not me to take the children's bread. Notice she doesn't argue that. 
She doesn't fight that. She just says, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. You see, there's a process. Notice number one, notice her plea. Lord, help me. Notice her plea. Number two, notice her persistence. She didn't give up. God didn't answer right away. She just kept getting closer. When he did answer and it wasn't kind, she just kept getting closer. And then notice thirdly, her position. Her position, just like the one before. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve your goodness. Just speak in a word. Lord, heal my daughter. Now, it doesn't specify if her daughter was there. At least I've not found it. So I've just used my imagination to think that somewhere in that country, somewhere there was a daughter, there was a daughter that was wrecked. There was a daughter that was ruined. There was a daughter that was living a life of hell. There was a daughter that was giving up on everything. She had thrown her life away, but there was a mama. There was a mama that was faithful. There was a mama that came before Jesus. She found Jesus, and she said, would you please heal my daughter? And I just use my imagination to imagine, because it doesn't specify that there's this lady somewhere that just all of a sudden, boom, everything was different. Her life was changed. Her life was whole. Her life was made new again. But why was it great? I think it all just goes back to, friend, I don't want to be just average. When it comes to my Lord, when it comes to my Savior, I don't want to just be average. I want to be great. You say, Brother Martin, that's a silly message. Jesus himself used the words. All I'm doing is I'm just bearing how he showed it to me. We need to come with him. We need to come to him in the right mindset. We're not worthy. Listen, if you're not saved today, you're not worthy of salvation. But get this. But get this. You're not worthy of it. But he will give you salvation. He'll give it to you. It's a free gift. All you got to do is accept him. All you got to do is accept him into your heart. Accept him into your life. And let me tell you, you can tell stories just like this. You can tell stories. You'll watch to see how the Lord unfolds and how he continues to bless and how he pours out the bucket of blessings. Why? Because your faith. A.W. Tozer, I think it was, that said, little faith gets you into heaven. Big faith brings heaven to you. I'm just saying, I want to be great. How about you? Heads bowed, eyes closed. I don't know who this message was for, and I went over a few minutes. Can I ask you, though, this morning, is there anyone here that would say, Brother Martin, I'm not saved. Here's my hand. If I was to dive right now, 
Listen, friend, I came across the mountains coming over from Yuma Friday night, Friday afternoon. I'm glad it was actually in the afternoon. Even in the afternoon, there were semis flipped over up on those mountains. If you were to go back home right now, if you were to get in your car and you were to drive and you were to, God forbid, get in an accident just outside the doors of the church, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? Is there someone here that'd say, Brother Martin, here's my hand. I don't know for sure if I was to die right now, I'd go to heaven, but I want to know. Slip it up real quick, real quick. Anybody like that? I see the one hand down here in the front. Thank you for your honesty. Anybody else? Anybody else want to join the one that raised their hand? I see another hand. Thank you for your honesty. I see another hand over here. Another hand down here. Listen, friend, hell ain't worth it. Hell ain't worth it. And one day we're going to find out there's going to be people burning in hell. If you could just see through their eyes, they're tormented. They're tormented. Right over here, just slip your hand up again so he can see and try to help you. Right here. Right next to you, the robe beside you there. In the middle with the mask. <clears throat> Hell ain't worth it. The devil wants you to think that you're not worth it. Guess what? You're not worth it. But God saw fit. For those ones going out right now, God saw fit. That on this day in December, truth would be made light. How many of you say, Brother Martin, I'm saved, but that message was for me. Here's my hand. I see the hands all over. Thank you for your honesty. I challenge you, let's come down and pray at the altar. He's worthy. He's worthy. Father, do as only you can. Bless those that went back, the four or five, Lord, for salvation. Work in this invitation. Amen. Come on forward. Come on forward. He's worthy of bowing a knee. He's worthy of you getting out of your seat and coming down and praying to him. We've gotten too comfortable, friends. We've gotten too comfortable. Any person that's ever done something great, read the stories of old, read the missionary biographies. Anybody that's ever done something great for God has gone through the valleys, has gone through the trials, has gone through the hardships, has decided that they're going to go forward. Friend, you can be that too. Our God is incredible. And our God, he doesn't need us, but he wants us. There's nothing lovely about Tim Martin. There's nothing precious about Tim Martin. But for whatever reason, I don't understand it. But he thinks I'm worth it. He's looked past my sin. He's looked past my faults. He's looked past my failures. And he loves me the same. That's the God we serve.